Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's a Sarcasm Speaks. It's Jared and Bob. And you can see we got a, a very special guest with us today. We got Ian McMillan from Jesus. I feel like fucking everywhere now here. <laughs> original. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say originally fan sided. I mean, before you were at uh, Odd Shark, right? Uh, but now you're you're everywhere. Ve- ve- not Vegas Insider, but yes, yep. yes I'm Vegas, Vegas Insider. You're all over the fucking networks. <laughs> yes, I'm just trying to get my face in in front of as many people as possible. I'm just trying to get people to get sick of looking at me every day on their Twitter feed. So <laughs> I was gonna say, your, we'll we'll get to your Twitter feed, but it sounds like they're starting to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a fact. Because I just have an I have a quick opening thought. Now, Ian, obviously, uh, originally from Canada, you're in New York now. Yes. Uh, Massachusetts sports betting retail went live today, 10 a.m. Yes. So Win was doing like a lottery or I guess Encore was doing a lottery that books powered by Win, where um, like 20 or 30 people were able to go in, place the first bets, whatever. Um, So, you know, we've been for weeks. All right. For weeks, they've been saying 10 a.m. And they just finally like allowed it to go through yesterday. Like that's what like the occupancy certifications came through. So I decide I'll go over to Plain Ridge, which is only 20 minutes from work and small, small casino, like slot parlor, whatever. And Ninkovich is supposed to be um, placing the first bet. So I'm like, okay, well they're doing something. So at 10 AM, you know what? I won't go at 10 AM. I'll like head over at like noon, whatever, see what the deal is. And I've never been over there. So get over there 20 minutes. I go in and I'm looking around. I'm like, Something's not right here. So I like, I, I walk over to the bathroom. I go, let me, let me, let me regather myself for this. So I head over because it's a temporary sports book because they're going to renovate a restaurant to make the permanent one. And I see the kiosks and like they're not on. And I'm like, why aren't the fucking kiosks on? But there's people everywhere. Only problem is they're all wearing suits. Now, Ooh. as a gym owner, I'm wearing sweatpants and like a jacket. <laughs> Also walking into a sports book. That's a, and, that's a funny sight to see just a it, dude in sweats. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am dressed for the uh, facility. Oh yeah. I am. I, I assure you there were more people wearing sweatpants than there were wearing suits, <laughs> but I'm looking around and I'm like, this ain't right. And I'm also trying to figure out where the fuck do I go to get into this little temporary sports book? I'm like, there's no like entrance, whatever. So I see like one of the security guys, because I'm looking, there's like four state troopers standing by a velvet rope. I'm like, what is going on here? Was Joe asked, Biden there? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> so I go over to the security. I go, I go, hey, man, what's uh, what's going on with the sports book? Just, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, Rob Ninkovich is coming at one o'clock to place the first bet. I go, what the fuck have you been doing for three hours? Besides accumulating people in suits and shit. Yeah, it's like he's been retired for like six fucking years. He doesn't have to do anything at 10 a.m. Just let him get there at 10 a.m. Should I know who Rob Ninkovich is? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> he's a he's a former Patriots player. Yeah, he was, uh, he, okay, he was like it. a D end outside linebacker. He won um, a couple Super Bowls, yeah, but I mean, on two you know, of the Super Bowl teams. You spend enough time on that team, you win a couple Super Bowls. <laughs> so now this is now this is the problem. Um, does Ty Law? Ring a bell? 
Yes, I do. Okay, know so Ty, Ty so Ty Law. Okay, good, perfect. So Ty Law was at Encore. Rob Ninkovich is at Plainville. <laughs> this is like the difference uh, in location where Encore is only a few miles north of Boston, and uh, Plainville is a few miles south of the stadium, which is like forty miles south of Boston. <laughs> Got it. So he goes, "Oh yeah, Rob Ninkovich, one o'clock." I'm like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" It's twelve fifteen. Ooh. I'm like, I'm not staying. No way. I go, this is a gong show. Like, this is like absolute amateur hour. And I'm like, I'm 20, I'm like 18 minutes away from work. I'm gonna go, I'll just go back. Um, so needless to say, because I had to work the rest of the day, no sports betting in person for me today. I tried. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys if you placed a bet. So no, no bets on the first day. No, no. I wasn't able to. No. I wanted to. It was going to be <clears throat> some masters, some, some, uh, some Do, coin when does have they announced when the mobile sports betting starts? No, just they're saying March. Yeah. Is it's that have state. all states done that? Like the in person first and then mobile after, or is this unique? <laughs> so I, I truthfully, this is the only state I've followed, and I've followed it pretty closely. Um, Bill Sparrows and I think it's Ryan Linehan, they've done a really good job of covering it for me. So I just read their tweets. <clears throat> and I do know that there was something happening behind the scenes where the casinos were going to get first crack. Right. And um, because that was like the the theme from very early on. It was it's like, oh, well, mobile might come later. And it's like, bro, we haven't even talked about like anything. And you're already saying that mobile's coming later. So, right. um, yeah, because Ohio just launched recently. And they launched mobile and in person at the same time. Yeah, I, yeah. they. They yeah. should have. I mean, there's but... there's really no reason for you to even know what goes on in Massachusetts, but especially like with sports betting. But it's been an absolute shit show. They legalized it uh, over a year ago, a year and a half ago, and it's taken this long just to get in person live. Yeah, and even the the process even leading up to was even worse. It was like. They were doing a hearing on Barstool Sportsbook and they tabled the Barstool Sportsbook vote because of Dave Portnoy. And it's like, okay, understood. He is, you know, the main marketer for Barstool, but the Sportsbook has its entire own operation. They have their right. own gaming board, like right. uh, compliance stuff. It's like you basically took like a sports book ignored everything that they had to say about their processes, their regulations, all that stuff, and just go, yeah, 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 but the New York Times wrote this article about this guy, and we don't like him. Right. Like, <laughs> awesome. Everything I've seen about it is that it looks like it's been a shit show. Oh, it's been it's, – and it's, it's all just been just stupidity. Because right. when – what was the big one with MGM? Because MGM was second. Um, Oh, MGM – so the thing with MGM was – their in-person and mobile platform is BetMGM. Right. So when MGM went to get their retail license approved, the board looks at them and goes, oh, well, this is the same operator uh, looking for mobile, so uh, we'll just have to wait until we're vo voting for mobile. It's like you ask for separate applications. It's the same entity doing a retail and a, and a mobile, so they tabled that one too. So whoever works for Win, they figured it out because their um their presentation 
split the two companies or split the two entities that would be like WinBet versus Encore Sportsbook. Um, they addressed what happened with Steve Wynn all those years back. Like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This, this, like, someone figured it out because they got voted retail on the first day. It's like the kid that goes last in the presentation yes. knows, like, how everyone else fucked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, basically what happened. You guys are on your way. You can bet yeah. in person. Yeah. So it's I'm here guessing I, probably I'll just go back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You can place, you can place some bets tomorrow. Mobile's coming at some point. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Sometime in March, I guess. I They've been March. approved. The, the, the operators have been approved. Hopefully before March Madness. You would think. Yeah. But that was one of the things, the commissioners. Right. Oh, I just don't understand why sporting events would drive when we legalize or when we implement our plans. It's like, because that's the product. Right. The product yeah. is the sporting events. What a missed opportunity to not have mobile sports betting before the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 It, it's... It was wild. It, the The Mass Gaming Commission is, I think, I don't know, how many are there? Do you know five? five. There are five people. I think two of them on the committee are actually like normal people. Um, but the other three are either complete morons or hate sports betting. And the commissioner of the MGC has been like anti-sports betting through this entire yeah. time. Like the things that she's been saying are like... What do you mean? Like, this has already been legalized. Like, we voted on yeah. this. Like, we want it. Like, give the people what they want. <laughs> not not only that, give give the people what the legislators approved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a little bit almost like of um, still like a disdain that it was coming here. <laughs> like, that was yeah. like the general attitude that I kind of got from some of the comments like even later on when when they approved all of the operators but hadn't approved like or given the okay to like launch yet it's like you got to be kidding me i mean there seems to be a lot of just incompetence at several states i mean two of the biggest states they don't even look like they're close to getting sports but in california and texas no they're not yeah california actually voted against it <laughs> right like pretty, they, pretty resoundingly. Yeah, I think. they took a vote, and vo I think it was like sixty percent of the vote voted no. Yeah, it's insane. So I was like, okay, well, it's insane. makes no that's, sense. That's 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 insane. Like, I, like you guys don't know how much revenue this is going to bring in for the right. state. Like, this is wild. Do you see the figure coming out of New York after the divisional weekend? It's no. Like a billion dollars. So they did like probably a billion in handle just on the Giants and the Bills. Just on those games, the state and tax revenue took thirty million, which means the wow. books profited sixty million. So to figure out that, that out on the handle, that means it must have been probably about six hundred thousand wagered, maybe a little bit less because both New York teams lost. I'm sorry, a little bit more of a percent because both New York teams lost, obviously, and didn't cover. Right. Right. Um, yeah, thirty million for the state and tax revenue, two games. <laughs> That's insane. That's that's so much money. Oh, it makes no stupid. sense why some states are just refusing to do it. It's yeah. so much money being left on the table. Just stupid. It, it really is. But that being said, it is in fact here. Right. Retail's available. It looks like Encore. No, because um, for anyone that's not in Massachusetts, the third spot is in Springfield, which is an hour and a half west of Boston on a good on a good day. No one's going out that far. No one lives out there. It's like dragons and shit. Um, <laughs> so that's why I've primarily talked about 
Encore. Encore seems to be set up, ready to go. They have their shit together. Um, our buddy is unhappy with their lines because he likes to do crazy ass alternates and basically play lottery tickets. And uh he so he's unhappy with the Winbet sports book. <laughs> um but I think they have probably the strongest operation. I'll check out Plain Ridge tomorrow. It is only a temp, but it looks like the window set up. It looks like there's enough kiosks and no one will probably be there. So um, I should be able to get in and out. No problem. And then, you know, by the time we know it, mobile will be here. Yeah. And it's a lot better than what we thought when, it, when the ball finally started rolling, what in like August, when they started actually like, you know, doing things to, to Something put like it that. in motion. Um, we were joking around being like, oh, they'll approve it, you know, July 10th, it'll start, which is for anyone that doesn't know sports, that's the black hole of sports times. Right. There's there's, there's no baseball, there's no football, there's no hockey. <laughs> we were like, yeah, they'll probably roll out sports betting, you know, the, the week after the 4th of July, because right. that's, that's the state. That's right. what we do here. <laughs> Still so. miss the Super Bowl, though, or at least the mobile... Uh, yeah, yeah mo- mobile misses the Super Bowl, so it'll have to be in person. Then, you know, I don't know if these places will have a full prop sheet, full everything. I don't know. I know you can't bet the anthem in Massachusetts because it doesn't actually relate to the gameplay. And I also don't think you can bet on colleges that are located in the state, too, right? Unless it's a tournament. So um, we have the Beanpot Hockey Tournament, which is four schools. They play mm-hmm. uh, over two consecutive Mondays. You can bet on that and any team that makes the NCAA tournament, you can bet on. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. New York's the same way where you can't bet on. So I'm going to bet offshore anytime I want to bet college basketball involving a uh, New York team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some states, though, does it like I think Arizona, you can bet on Arizona team, Arizona colleges. I don't think it matters. Illinois switched because they originally banned um, in-state betting and then they switched. So now mm. I think you can do. I, someone would have to like confirm or deny. I think it's sides and totals, no player props. Mm. College player pop props in general are hard to find. I don't think yeah. I've ever been on yeah. a college player prop. Yeah, that's tough. And I mean, for what it's worth, Massachusetts doesn't have any real colleges, like when it comes to sports anyway. Boston you know, College. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone that's like that lives around here, like it, you know what though? The Yahoo it's not still, a the Yahoo town. still want to bet on them though. Although the Riverhawks. <laughs> yeah, the UMass Little Riverhawks. <laughs> that's Boston a great College team. legend, Matt Ryan. And this is true. This is true. That that was the only time that I think BC was uh relevant, like in the Boston sports air. Weren't they, were, Matt, weren't they naturally ranked number one or two for like a week when <clears throat> Ryan was there? Well, Ian, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> they were number two in the country, and that was in 2007. That was the oh, year that was where the crazy all the number twos yeah, lost to your truly the Seminoles and Drew Weatherford. Um, <laughs> I'm a Florida State football fan. Um, so I, rem- I remember that because they want BC won on a Thursday night at Virginia Tech, and people were like, Oh my God, what just happened? That can't like that. That doesn't happen. No one wins at a Thursday night at Virginia tech. And then like the very next week, um, I don't remember where it was. I don't know if Florida state went to alumni or not, but then Florida state and Drew Weatherford won, knocking them off. 
Why are you a Florida State college fan? <clears throat> so it goes the I'll try to abbreviate the sh- the long story. So up here, the Red Sox were terrible in the mid nineties when I was a kid. So my father used to watch Braves games because it was on TBS and every game was on. So I would hear the tomahawk chop. I'm like five, six years old. Right. I would hear the tomahawk chop. And then at the same time, when Florida State is kicking the shit out of everybody in the mid 90s, they play the tomahawk chop too. So that dragged my attention. And then by Mm. 98, I was like noticing, I'm like, oh, wow, this team's like in the national championship. So as an eight, nine, 10 year old, it's like, ooh, the hot team. And then it would just get reinforced when people would be like, no, 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 you have to like BC. BC is the local team. I go, but I, I, I'm a hockey player. I like BU hockey, but BU, BU doesn't have football. So why would right. I root for BC? Like, so that's why I ended up on. Uh, BU is always State. one of the top hockey teams in the country, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're. I don't know anything about American college hockey. Yeah, it's basically BU, Minnesota. Um, there's, there's been more variants lately, honestly. Like there was a run where it was like Minnesota, Wisconsin, BUBC, <laughs> and it didn't like some but, didn't like Arizona State or someone going a run recently. They went, uh, they went D one not too long ago because everyone used to say, like everyone around here, oh, I'll go play club at Arizona State, but they say it's harder to play club at Arizona State than it is <laughs> to play for whatever because everyone wanted to go there because it was nice and the women are good looking or whatever. Right, um, <laughs> and it was only club hockey, but. Yeah, they had a they had a strong club, D one club hockey team, and then they went NCAA. So I can't keep up because then it's like St. Cloud State versus Bemidji, and I'm like, I don't even know where these places are. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. all in Minnesota and Wisconsin, but like right. Michigan. But uh, so when it comes to uh, you know the betting on football, you had yourself quite a year. Um, it, well, I depending on how you want to look at it, I guess <laughs> I had, I had myself a year. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, the year certainly happened. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, um, you've, so for anyone that doesn't know if, I mean, this is what the third or fourth time you've been on the show, I think something like that. I don't know, but we don't yeah, third or fourth. Um, so we, we, you do this thing called the, the road to 272 bets where you bet on every single NFL football game throughout the yes. season. And, uh, you've done pretty well, I would say, and I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's not a stretch to say that. Um, but this year was probably the first year that, uh, had a little hiccup. Yeah, so this is my this is my third year doing it, betting on every single NFL game. The first two years was profitable. The first year I did it, I think I was up around five units. Uh, last year I finished up at like twenty seven units or something like that. Um, decided to do it again this year. It did not go well, um, but still at the end, so I finished around down twelve units. But really, at the end of the day, over two hundred and seventy two bets betting on every single game. Down twelve units isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, but then what has happened now in the playoffs is, of course, I go, what, how many weeks in the regular season? 18 weeks. And then I make up all my losses in like three weeks of playoff betting on the NFL. Yeah, uh, I'm 11 and one in spread bets in the playoffs. <laughs> and if you include, I've done player props for almost every game as well. So I think I'm like 20 and five overall, <laughs> which now brings me profitable for the full season. If you count the regular season, it just makes no sense. Yeah, you've I'm handicapping the on... games the same way I have all season. <laughs> yeah, I go 18 weeks sucking, and then like three weeks I do the best I've ever done. 
over a yeah, three-week stretch. It doesn't make any sense. It's wild. It's wild. Like, you've been now on an absolute heater uh, in the playoffs. And I don't know. I, I never finished my uh, my my stats for this season. I think I tailed off on, like, week 15 because um, I – just because I have nothing better to do. Uh, I, I track like, you know, what, how the favorites do each week. And I do the splits versus like home away, uh, favorites, dogs, whatever. And I've been doing it. I think this is either my third year or this, this was my fourth year. I have three full years of, of data. And, uh, it's been weird that the favorites have been winning at a high clip but they have not been covering, yes. which after the first season I did it, you know, I, I tell Bob and I, I, we have another buddy, Vinny, who, you know, we're, we all like to gamble and, you know, we talk a lot of sports betting and stuff like that. And we were all like, oh, that's a really weird thing. But like, it's probably a one-off year, like no big deal. And then the second year it happened again. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I don't know. And I don't know if it's one of those, um, I don't know the word. I'm not smart enough, but I know there's a term in like quantum physics that like if you observe something, it changes like how it yes acts. Right. So this is like when you buy a Ford Bronco and you start seeing them everywhere. Is this yeah. the same thing? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know if that's quantum physics or psychology, but I think we're close. <laughs> but it's like I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Like, but but at the same time, this is like empirical data, right? Like I'm not, this isn't like a subjective thing. It's like the favorite either covers the spread or they don't, or they either win the game or they don't. But for three years in a row, I can, I can see if I can pull it up really quickly. Um, but for three years in a row, the favorites were winning the games by like, you know, somewhere between like 57 and like 61%, but they were covering only like 47%. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, especially I realized maybe I was just off on my underdog money line plays because I do at least one money line upset a week. And uh, that was kind of what killed me in the regular season was the past couple of years I was winning a portion of those bets. And I just could not win uh, these underdog. And a lot of the time when I was doing that, they were covering the spread, but not winning on the money line. So, yeah, it seemed like especially this past season favorites were winning games a lot, but not covering. And I actually did a lot better job betting underdog spread than favorite spread. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is, especially in the NFL, uh, to win with margin and cover these spreads. Um, these are yeah. obviously all NFL, you know, professional players. It's not like it's in college where there's a huge, a massive skill discrepancy between teams. I mean, just look at the Kansas City Chiefs. This goes back now over the last three seasons. They've been the best team in the NFL over the past three seasons. Patrick Mahomes has been the best quarterback in the NFL over the past three seasons. And uh, they have one of the worst against the spread records year in and year out. Because um, it's hard to cover a spread. And they continuously get set as like 7 point, 8 point, 9 point, 12 point favorites. Uh, and even if they're playing against a shitty team, it's hard. It's hard to cover those spreads. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's tough to lay points. I so I I have it here. So I have it. This was my third year of collecting everything. So I haven't finished this year. I have to go back and retroactively, you know, fill in the numbers. But the uh the 2020 to 2021 season, favorites won straight up 68% of the time, but only covered 44%. Yeah. And then last Spreads year, big. last year they won 63% and only covered 47%. 
And then this year, again, this, I didn't finish the season, but through like week 15, they won 61% and only covered 44%. So, and that, that's a almost three years of a, of a sample size. So I think I'm, I'm kind of ready to get on board with what you just said. Like some of these spreads are too big, but then you have to, you have to think like, all right, well, what's your number? Right. Like, is it anytime you see an eight and a half, are you just going to take the dog? You know, like, I don't, it's, I don't know. Cause that doesn't work. It's not a clean, like one for one. Right. Like right. you don't know. I don't know. There's it's fucking hard. <laughs> you can never bet it blind because right. no. if, if you bet it blind, you're always going to be 50% plus or minus. Right. So when we do our weekly um, pick and pool where you pick every single one, everyone's right around 50% plus or minus three to 6% either Except way. Because I crushed it this year. Yeah, but you still ended up only at like 55, 56. Yeah, I had a, I had a tough, I limped to across the finish line. So but... um, hmm. even though you were at 62 at one point and it ended up starting to come back towards 56 and like, that's why yeah. it's like an unbelievable year. But then it's like, you look in last place for anyone that did it every week might be 40 five 46 i mean that that's why it's so hard and why there's so few professional betters even though social media uh if you spend oh, yeah. any time on there it they make you think that <laughs> there's a millions of professional betters out there but actual people who actually their source of income is betting professionally they hit it like a 54 55 rate but what they're doing is they're betting like ten thousand dollars a game yeah, um, and, they, and they're not betting on regulated legal sports book, which I think is one of the most disgusting things about legalized regulated sports books in, in the states. That if you're a winning better, they just ban you. They just go, no, only losing betters are allowed to bet. They literally will just ban you. They're just not allowed to bet. So now professional betters, uh, well, first of all, they can't use regulated books, so they have to go offshore. Um, but that's part of being a sports book is that you should, if someone can beat you, then you have to let them beat you. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard to be professional better. You got to hit at that rate. And then they were also betting $10,000 a game, because if, if you're only hitting at a 55% clip, you be finish the season up, what, like 20 units, you bet a thousand dollars a game. That's still only $20,000. You yeah. can't live on $20,000. <laughs> um, so these guys bet $10,000 a game and, uh, yeah. Or like even, some of them will, uh, they'll move into like, you know, all these offshore accounts and it's like, they might place right. thousands of bets a day or something. Right. Yeah. On, on a, on a Sunday, they might have, you know, I don't know if they place a thousand bets a day, but they're, they're placing a ton of bets. And if it's $10,000 a bet, you know, they might have $160,000 worth of bets going on at once. Like, yeah. um, it's insane because they're doing offshore. Sometimes they got to, you know, deposit and withdrawal and cryptocurrency and bitcoin and um sometimes they have to robots calling the asian markets and yeah and sometimes they have to get like people to place bets for them in vegas because there are some sports books that won't limit um betters in vegas like circa circa sports i know doesn't limit betters uh the offshore book that a lot of professional sports betters use is pinnacle they don't limit betters um but yeah it's it's tough but if you go on social media uh, people make you think that, um, you know, every 10th person is a professional sports better. Yeah. Well, every, everyone's unit size is five figures. Right. As we found out this past week. Right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. That, I, 
this past week has been pretty entertaining to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been, I, it's been a long time since I've gotten the mud on Twitter. It's something I used to do a lot more back in my odd shark days, I think. Uh, but this past week I've, I've, I'm fighting in the trenches on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I think what had, what started it is all, all is my, I'm not a huge TikTok guy. I go on it sometimes, but lately over the past couple of weeks, sports betting TikTok has showed up on my TikTok feed and it's, it, it makes me more angry than I think anything else in the world. <laughs> um, so yeah. That's it's the 10k challenge. Have you guys been doing the 10k challenge? Oh yeah, of course. I hit it all the time. Of course, it's easy. Yeah, it's it's the easiest thing in the world. The one What's trick sports books hate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One easy trick. <laughs> the easiest way to make money. <laughs> yes. What is is it a 10 teamer? 10 team parlay? So what the are you are you not familiar with it? I'm I so I'm not familiar with the actual details. So so what these guys do is it's a 10k challenge. So they they're. Their goal is to bet a plus 100 bet every day for 10 days straight. And it's starting with $10. And once you roll it over 10 straight days, then it ends up being $10,000. And their secret trick, though, is instead of just betting like a plus 100 on a, like a small underdog on the money line, each day is like a six to eight leg parlay of NBA player props. And they're all like minus 500 oh, bets. That's even. Oh, so they my think. God. Even though the parlay comes out to like plus one hundred or plus one hundred five, they think that's like pulling a trick on the sports book, and that those are easier to hit <laughs> than just a money line plus one hundred five. They don't realize that plus one hundred five odds is plus one hundred five odds, and they're not like pulling the wool over the eyes of the sports books like it's some hack. And also to roll over the bet each day for ten days straight. That's mathematically the exact same as just laying a 10 leg parlay because that's right. How parlays are calculated is it's as if each leg, the money rolled over. So they're just doing 10 leg parlays, but they're with more steps with, with more yes. steps. They're now <laughs> stretching it out over 10 days. And then each leg of the parlay is like a six game, same game parlay of NBA player props that are all like minus 400. And then one of them loses like last night. Um, Cause there's one guy who's like leading this whole charge and, what first of all, I don't even care if you play play these bets, but people just misunderstand how likely they are to hit. So last night, part of this, the popular one that's going around had uh Barnes or something, some NBA player to score at least 10 points, and he had a bad game and it didn't hit. And everyone's now saying that the NBA is rigged and they called in this guy to not score points because <laughs> this one guy on TikTok gave out uh is to try to complete the 10k challenge. Um, and it's a headache. So I've been fighting on Twitter with people who literally tell me that two plus 100 uh, bets don't have the exact same chance of hitting when they do. And it feels like I'm taking crazy pills talking to these people because they just, they don't get it. Yes. Yeah. Sam, Sam Paniotovich got into it uh, on a similar but different topic over the Brett, Brett Maher, the kicker, Bill, yeah. Brett, Brett, yeah. Brett Maher, where, um, now your your argue and I remember because I remember seeing your argument. Your argument's even easier because math is math, right? What he was saying because the the him to miss an extra point was plus two fifty, and he goes, "Wow, that is a horrible number." And part of the reason why he said, "Wow, it's a horrible number," is because I think the Superbook hung plus five hundred, and it was a two way market. So whoever hung the two fifty was a one way. You couldn't take the other side, right? Um. And he goes, you know, he goes, this is a bad number. People are like, why? It's going to hit. He has the yips. It's going to hit. And they're like, well, plus 250 on something that's guaranteed to have. Like, they're, they're doing that whole thing. 
And he's like, that doesn't mean it's a good bet or a good number because plus 500 is actually out there. And then never mind the true odds for him to make that kick was plus 13, 25, 13 to one. I'm sorry to miss an extra point was 13 to one. Right. And because like, on, yeah. on the season, he had made what 96% of his kicks or something like that in his career. Oh, in his career. Yeah, that's right. There was like, yeah, he was like 93% in his career and 93% true odds. Right. Or I guess so 7% true odds is 13 to one. And then people are like, yeah, but he's going to miss. He has the yips. Like you can't handicap the yips. Right. And it's like, and then what do you know? He gets the first one blocked. It's like, right. God damn it. <laughs> Here's the thing. And I was thinking about more about this today as I was in the trenches arguing with people on Twitter. I think what's happening and I think why it's making me so upset and I need to kind of maybe step back a little bit is I've been betting for a very long time um, because obviously sports betting has been legal in Canada. So I've gone through these stages before. So I, when I started betting, well, in Canada, at that point, you had to bet parlays. So my sports betting started with only betting parlays, and I'd bet like 50 in a row and not hit one. Um, and then there was a moment in time, the first couple of bad beats I experienced, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, the, you know, this game is rigged. They don't want me to win. So there, I think they're just stages that you have to go through as a sports better before you start educating yourself and trying to fi- find out how to actually do it successfully. And I think now with sports betting becoming legal in a bunch of different states, I think what I'm just seeing is I just think I'm seeing people go through the same stages I went when I started off being a sports better and thought, you know, parlaying all these minus 500 picks was uh, somehow pulling a trick on the sports books. And uh, this was the way I'm going to get rich. I'm just, oh, this it's easy. I just got to parlay all these minus 600 bets and uh, I'll it's get free rich. money. <laughs> right. It's There's no way this is going to lose. It's a lock. It's guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe I do need to take a bit of a step back. And I think these people... Like a, a lot of them did agree with what I was saying and got it, but I got in some arguments with a ton of people as well. Maybe I just need to like, maybe they just need to live through it. Cause yeah. maybe, maybe they just need to experience it for themselves. Cause I lost a lot of money betting on sports before I got half decent at it. And these were the same lessons that I learned that they have to learn as well. Yeah. 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 That could be, it's a, it's a big part of it because there's a lot that goes into sports betting where we all know the odds are stacked way against us. And you need to acknowledge that it is really, really, really difficult to win. You are not supposed to win. And anytime that you can find an edge or you can show over time that you can win at like a small clip, that's that's incredible because these odds are set for you to lose. Right. And sports books are not going to like if if you could do same game parlays that are going to win over the long term, sports books would not let you bet same game parlays <laughs> and parlay minus 600. Like these sports books are smart. They know what they're doing. Right. But, like you they, just said, they ban people that are too good at betting. Right. Like they're not going to allow people to just take all their money. Right. And yeah, if, even... if you're doing something and they catch you too, like even sometimes sports books will uh, ban people who chase steam. Uh, which if you don't know what that means, it's basically like if some kind of news comes out um, and as soon as it breaks, you go and bet it before the line moves. Uh, so basically you're just quicker to act quicker than the sports books are. Sports books will just ban you from doing that because it's a proven method of how you uh, can win bets. So if they're going to just ban people for chasing steam, if you were, if you figured out the 10 K challenge is a secret <laughs> to getting rich and it was, they would just ban you. 
they are letting you do this for a reason. Yeah. Actually, so I had actually both of us had it. We had a bet canceled the uh, the Buffalo game that got moved to Detroit. Mm. The second I saw that that game got moved, I went and hit the over. It was like 42. Yeah. And I was like looking at it. And I'm like, they're not going to let this go through. And then it goes through. I go, and this is an offshore, but I'm looking and I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird that that went through. I figured like I didn't yeah. just like I didn't just beat them. And then like. Four hours later, the bet was canceled. Yeah, so. they, can't, they canceled it. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. So, and yeah. I, so we, we talked about it too on the show. And I think I tweeted at you in, in response to, to one of these, uh, hullabaloos. But, uh, it's quite literally in the, the odds, the American odds, whatever that number is, directly correlates to what's called implied probability. Right. Right. And so, it's like these people think that like these numbers don't mean anything, right? Like, so to what you said before, if you have a 10 team parlay that ends up being plus 100 or one plus 100 money line bet, if the odds of something are plus 100, then that means that they have the same probability of hitting, yeah, which is, 50. which is 50%. Plus one hundred is fifty fifty. Yeah, I have a I have a, a, a an implied probability calculator. You type in the American odds and it tells you the number. So it's like the minus one ten standard juice is fifty two point four percent. That's the implied probability that that bet is going to hit. So it's it's literally a numbers game. Like there's no way to like go around this and say like oh this is the way you're gonna beat the books right like we're we're all just saying like it's 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 not that's not how that works right yeah one guy specifically said odds don't equal probability i mean it quite literally <laughs> no, does like if you know, look it, up, it if you look up the definition of odds <laughs> it's yeah a number based on implied probability like right in, these in the arguments the, i'm having are insane yeah, yeah and, it's just that 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 in the gambling world they're chosen to be representative in in multiple different ways right there's american odds there's decimal odds there's all, there's all kinds of different ways to display it. But at the end of the day, what it is, is a percentage. It represents right. a percentage. Right. And the, the only gray area is it's like when a, when a book hangs a number, it's their implied probability. Cause that's why like you would see like a different right. and then, but we're not talking value here. We're talking math. Right. right. And it's like, you know, well, I think that should be uh like, because they say it too on sometimes, like, well, a minus 600 uh, favorite, that there could be value there sometimes. And I'm right. like, but then, yeah. And then the conversation turns into finding an edge and handicapping the game. Yeah. Which is um, not what, which it, is, which is a different conversation. Like, sure, there might be some bets out there. Like, if it's plus 100, I think it should be priced at minus 115. So I think there's some value there, but that that's a different conversation. You have to, yeah base everything off what the sports books are are basing it off of they're not going to yeah. let you do a parlay of six minus 500 picks that comes out to minus or plus 110 and it's actually like a minus 300 play but the <laughs> nope. sports books just they will you're just pulling a fast one on them and you're getting it at <laughs> plus 110 odds like that's not the way that this works nope yeah um yeah it's it's been a fun few days on twitter <laughs> i enjoy it it's it's fun to watch. I, I would say, I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Most people agree with me, which is nice for a change. Cause yeah. I've, I've got, I used to get in the mud on Twitter. Like I said, a lot more and people don't agree with it. It sucks when most people don't agree with you, but this one, most people are agreeing with me, but then the ones who disagree with me, like they're so 
their Very opinion strong is so strong. It. And it's like, this is not like an opinionated thing. I'm just telling you the math and the and what odds are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some people, like one guy messaged me telling me to self-harm, like, and then he blocked me. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. These people are not. <laughs> yeah, holy These people shit. Are yeah, it's, that, yeah, that's that's someone that that probably needs to make a phone call to a therapist or something. Like, yeah, they, yeah, there's got to be a hotline or a if, teddy yeah. bear or something. Yeah, and then there's the other the, you know, the portion of Twitter I got into an argument with today because I also kind of brought this upon myself was the people who say all the sports are rigged whenever they lose a bet, which is another, yeah, which yeah. is another portion of Twitter. Like every yeah. sport's rigged; it's all scripted. So but I then I like actually... when, when things don't follow the script that they think it's supposed to be, then they just like forget about that. Because remember heading into the divisional round, the big even Warren Sharp put out a video like implying <laughs> that the NFL had it rigged that the Chiefs and Bills are going to play in the AFC championship because there's neutral site and it's way more money. It's the matchup they all want. And then the Bills lost, and then all those people <laughs> who say the NFL is rigged just like completely forgot about that and then just yeah. pointed to yeah. something else. It's like no matter yeah. what yeah. happens, they're gonna point to something and say it was rigged. Well, they, but when they, their theories don't work out, it's like, oh, never mind. We'll just move on to the next thing. They yeah. waited for Chiefs Bengals to go. Oh, well, obviously this is right. This is obviously rigged towards the Chiefs. Like, please look, look at the refs, look at the calls, and then somehow some people conveniently forget that the DN or linebacker, whoever, makes that penalty and moves the field goal from sixty to fucking forty-five. Right. So all those calls. All those flags that were rigging the game, right? The Chiefs were going to have to kick like a. They were either going to have to throw a quick out, or they were going to have to kick a sixty yarder. No, when... but that, that defensive player was in on it though. Oh, he, he got paid <laughs> That's off. right. He's on the yeah. take. Yeah, yeah. He spent ten minutes crying on the sideline because he was yeah. so happy with the money that he got. Yeah. He almost blew his knee out. In <laughs> Just the like the NBA player last night who didn't score ten points. Yeah. Harrison Barnes yeah. is that an NBA player? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He, he was yeah. in on it. Vegas yeah. gave him a call and said, listen, we got all these yeah. 10K challenges. We need to lose. I need you to not score 10 points tonight. Yeah. So I actually um, I actually tweeted this out, the other, I think, yesterday. And it's, it's along the lines of this, of the asking for a refund group oh, of people. God. Yes. I think is the ultimate, like, everybody gets a trophy type of thing, right? Where like we we have to make sure everyone feels special and things like that. It's you gambled your money and you lost. I'm sorry. Like it's happened to me <laughs> a lot, quite a bit over the years, but you don't get that money back. Like sitting there being like, I think the book should refund my bet because the player prop I bet on and the guy got hurt. It's like that. Okay. well. That and he, the guy got hurt. Like you lost your bet. Yeah, and here's the thing about that. Number one, that actually gets factored into the odds when sportsbooks make the odds. The probability it's a very, 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 very tiny probability, but it does get factored into the price of if he gets hurt, it doesn't hit. And also, people never bring it up. What about all the people who bet the under yeah. on that player prop? Right. Do, do does their do their winnings go back now? Right. No. And it, and it shouldn't be, and but that's it. It does kind of fall in the sports book's fault for doing those kinds of refunds, yeah, anyways. If a yeah. new better gets it refunded once, they're going to expect it every time. It was a, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, I guess it may, it, it makes sense. It was a good move. It got people talking with the sports books, but um, now they're seeing the results of that, and people are getting yeah. pissed. What was the what was the big one? The first was it Tua? Was it a Tua bet when he got? I hurt? feel like it had. I feel like. I feel like it happened like last year. Like, I feel like 
it's happened a little bit more often recently, but I feel like the first time it happened was like last year. So the very big one that I remember was um, Draymond Green was like, he was hurt. and Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. In like, it was kind of like the rumblings around were like that he might not play, but he might play. And then people got word that he was just going to come in, take the tip and then like foul and leave the game. Right. So everyone went in and smashed his under. And I don't know if they refunded anyone who took the over. They definitely didn't cancel the bet because I mean, that's, that's the thing. Um, that was the first one where they, they were sometimes like, I think over betters were being refunded because they didn't feel like he did what he was supposed to do or he misled everybody. I, I don't know. Like that, that was the, but that's either last season or even maybe the season before. Yeah. I'm trying to, because Purdy obviously was the most recent one. I just looked up an article of five times sports books refunded. Did they refund Purdy wagers? I don't think they did, but people were calling for it. Yeah, uh, that's five times sports books refunded wagers after something weird happened. Um, yeah, so they they've done this kind of thing in the past. Apparently, yeah. sports points bet some Yankees betters refund. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, they got to stop doing it. Yeah, they they. And that's that's the thing with like the dra- the DraftKings, the FanDuel's, like they'll probably end up being fine just on volume and popularity, but they'd probably be a lot better off just trying to be like a reputable sports book and not just trying to make every person on Twitter happy. Right. Like, don't limit people. If I want, like, if I want to put two hundred bucks on, at least, like, I think someone was saying in Chicago, they tried to do two hundred on like the Pacers to win the NBA championship. It was like fifty to one. <laughs> And they got a limit. They got limited to eleven dollars. It's like the Pacers are not winning the NBA championship. Just right. let the fucking bet go through. Yeah, yeah, that's my number one issue with regulated books. I mean, I, I feel like that should be borderline illegal. Yeah, then, I think because all because then what you're saying is you're only allowed to bet on sports if you are gonna if you lose money. Like that doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, that's like at, saying only. Well, not quite. I was gonna say that's like saying only alcoholics can buy liquor at stores but i mean maybe not quite that bad um but no part of the business uh but and i've actually been reading in a book i and i encourage anyone who really wants to get into sports betting to read i think it's called the logic of sports betting and they explain the reason why these big regulated books have to do this is because they have to give so much of their money that they make over to taxes and then also they give up a lot of money in marketing that they quite literally can't afford to let winning betters bet at their sports book because especially the taxes are a big thing. And yeah, sure. Getting taxes uh, is a big plus when it comes to letting sports betting become legal, but uh, their margins are already so small and then they have to give up a certain percentage of their margins over to taxes. Now they're dealing with such a small razor thin line. If they then have to pay out, you know, professional sports bettors tens of thousands of dollars a day, uh, for each one they have in there, they're going to go to business. So that is also the argument for why they should be able to limit winning betters, uh, which I thought was an interesting one. Um, so maybe it's like, interesting. Maybe they need to tax, tax them less because they do tax them, uh, quite oh, a heavy crazy. amount. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. Massachusetts is what? 20, 20%. percent will be yeah. 15 retail, 20 mobile. Yeah. yeah. New York's 50. 
So that is the argument for wow. why, because they're like, if we let winning betters bet with us, we quite literally will go to business because we can't pay them out with what we're paying for taxes. So I think that's Vegas, an interesting uh, point of view, at least. Vegas might be anywhere from a fraction of a percent to 2%. I kind of forget what it yeah. is. Which is why um, these sports books that don't, the few of them that don't limit betters are the ones based in Vegas. Yep. Because then all I have to do is balance, collect the juice, and they just pay very little in tax. Right. That's interesting. Uh, and because that's why, like, so I was listening, I forget who was describing it, but like all the Nevada sports books, like there, were, there weren't any until like 1980 something when they lowered the state tax rate. And then they lowered it again. And then they were all over the place. So it, that's ultimately what it comes down to because, you know, what, what everyone likes to say on Twitter because everyone's a pro is, oh, well, the, the, the books are just trying to – they're trying to balance, take the 10%, and that's how they make their money. And it's like, yep, it doesn't work when you pay taxes to the state. Right, and that, that's actually a myth too that I actually believed and I actually repeated that sports books set lines so they get on purpose so they get 50% of action on both sides. Uh, actually, not true. They actually side with sharp bettors. Um, and usually what happens is those types of books, the fan duels, the DraftKings, the BetMGMs of the world, they actually don't set their own lines. They actually get lines from a third party or like an offshore, like a pinnacle. Um, and they move their lines just based on that offshore or third party, or like I said, pinnacles, like the sharpest book out there. So a lot of them probably use those lines. Um, and then those lines, the ones at the sharp books, like the circus, like the pinnacles, base their lines on they side with sharps um and if they can get a, a bunch of public money on one side and some sharp money on the other side they're fine with that they're 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 willing to risk it um and let a ton of money be on one side so that 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 is a myth that i repeat it myself um but i now found out is wrong books aren't setting lines to try to no. get 50 percent of action on both sides Right. They, they, they just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't work out. And that then... was like, uh, our, our buddy's, uh, grandfather back in the day, <laughs> the book, the bookie used to call him and yes. be like, Hey, I got a, you know, I got a real liability on the chiefs. Do you, do you want the Eagles? And then he would drop a ton of money with the better yeah. line on the Eagles. Like I'll and... give you a, yeah. E yeah. Yeah. If you take them for 10 K I'll give it to you even money. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but I do want to get into a little bit of a palate cleanser. So you played okay. Beth Page Black last year. Yes. How yeah. was that? It was fun. Um, I actually, so I'm I'm not a good golfer to begin with. I I talk about golf. I write about golf. I bet on golf. I do golf myself, but I've never gotten a lesson, and I've only been playing for like six or seven years. So I'm a guy who shoots in like the like if I break 100, then I'm, I'm fine with a round. Like usually if I play well, I'm like mid nineties. Um, so my goal at Beth page black was to break 115, and I shot a one Oh seven. So even though one Oh seven is not a good score, I was very happy with it, but it's beautiful course. Uh, best course I've ever played. Very difficult. It lives up to its name. You know, like when you hit a drive and you feel the golf ball come off your club, like you can tell if it's going to be a good drive or not. The amount of times I would hit a drive and I'd be like, oh, I smacked that. And then sure enough, it would land in a bunker. I think I was in 85 bunkers that round. <laughs> I think I was in because the bunkers are all placed in like, if you're going to be like be off, if you're going to be 
just a little bit left or right, it's going to end up in a bunker. Like they're all placed at the exact distances and the exact spots that where you miss, it's going to be in a bunker. Um, it was fun though. It's a lot of fun. Is it walking only? Yes. Did you have a caddy or did you car- like hoof that thing around? Uh, no, I know. I just, uh, I had a, I had a push, push cart. cart. Push yeah, cart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could get caddies, but caddies were extra, like, it yeah, cost like 150 up. bucks plus tip or something. So I was like, yeah. listen, yeah, <laughs> I'm not good enough for a caddy. I've had caddies before where I've played at like private clubs and you have to have a caddy. Yeah. And it's embarrassing because they're like, just aim for this, like, hit your eight iron. I'm like, buddy, like, if I just get this straight like i'll be happy like i'm not worried about exact distance he's like it's 183 but hit it 178 to the front it's like i'm just gonna aim for the thing and hit it like i i'm not good enough i'm just gonna hope for the best uh so no i i didn't pay the extra for the caddy and i don't okay. think a caddy would help me well i the thing that a caddy does help with is that if you're on a new course if there's like a blind tee shot He's like, put it down the right hand side because on the left hand side, like there's a bunker, like small improvements like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're, they're better too when it comes to course management stuff. Yeah. Yes. You know, where instead it's like, of 85 hey, maybe bunkers. Don't, don't hit driver here, you know. Right. But hit. also, Beth Bay's Black is so long. It's like, you have yeah. To oh, yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. I know. I, know. <laughs> uh, I got one par the entire day. So it was on a par three. I think it's like 10, 11, 12, 13, one of those holes. I think uh, I did par. So that was my, that was my, accomplishment for the day <laughs> yeah i mean it's fun i mean i played i played kapalua uh the plantation course on my honeymoon uh nice. back in in september Hell yeah. um it was unfucking believable like i it, i mean hawaii was just great the course like you say it was the like not even close the the most amazing course i've ever played on um and i know bob is going to go play pebble uh this nice. year in in june so it's it's one of those where it's like the course, the course is just wild. It, it's just kind of, you're kind of just happy to be there. Right. Yes. <laughs> like I went, um, my goal was to break a hundred and I think I shot a 96. Nice. That's where the tournament of champions is, right? Yes. On the PGA. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. It, that, it was really cool to like walk into the clubhouse because I don't know what I was thinking, but I, I just assumed like I, I cause I, I had to go take a piss. So I just go into the clubhouse and like go into the bathroom and like in the clubhouse, there's the locker room and that's where everyone's locker is. Mm. So I walk, I literally walked by Tiger Woods's locker and Justin Thomas and Cam Smith and all these guys, like they have nameplates on their lockers. And With I was like, one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I go, holy shit like this is wild like i mm. and again i don't know what i was like i wasn't expecting it i don't know like if i thought they had like a separate spot right. it's literally just in the clubhouse and it's it's one of those where it's like wow this is this is literally where they go like they're here crazy yeah it's it's really cool it's it's one of those things where like i want to play more um like professional courses just to say that i've been there yes you know, if like, i ever get rich someday yeah, <laughs> um, like all the professional betters on Twitter, that's what I yeah. spend my money on is just going around and playing PJ Tour S courses. Yeah, so when you start getting a real unit size, right? Exactly, you know, yeah. more, more than just gas yes. money or whatever some yeah. fucking idiot <laughs> yes. said. Exactly. Um, well, it's, it's yeah. funny because you do have to pick and choose though, because some of these TPCs, I hear a lot of people like either the tour players or whatever, they're all just like these big, long same flat right same, like 
they don't really have too much character to them. No, there's not That's a ton to them. TPCs. Um, so like some like I say, I know you mentioned TPC Louisiana when we were just joking around, and I'm like, you know, man, I don't know if anyone really likes that course. So it's like to shell out like two and a quarter, right? And yeah. you know, like if we're in New Orleans, get that far away, like that might not be worth it, but. Like a TPC River Highlands, like there's a few things going on there. And obviously I've played TPC Boston a few times and it's not just big, flat, straight, long. Like it's a little different, but, you know, I mean, TPC lo- Sawgrass, you want to play just for the, well, yeah, for yeah. the Island Cream. Just, just to hit 12 balls into the water. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> or hit it to the fat part. So then it's like, you have to putt back and wonder if it's uh, going to stay on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay on land. <laughs> Um, but yeah, some of like, whether it's, um, yeah, whether it's like a professional or a major or like there was a professional at one time, like some of those courses. Yeah, it is, it is cool. Like, um, we got myopia hunt up here and they give like the rundown. Now I know these majors were played like the U S opens were played like all prior to 1910. So they're like the highest score at the U S open and like, you know, this and that, like we have all this here and I'm like, yeah, but also like. There was like 30 guys here, and I don't know if they were golfers. Right. Like, they, were, they were playing with legitimate like sticks that they pulled off of the trees. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, this was like 1894. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anytime you get like old, like old, old is usually pretty interesting, pretty good. Um, if there's got something unique about it, like the course in Marion, Mass has like stone walls in the middle. And, um, that's where it gets like really fun where it's not just an ass kicker because it's like long, straight, big, uh, room for, uh, galleries, room for structure. Um, so that's why I'm interested to go to pebble because it will be, I think it's a month and a half before the women's open this year. So it'll have a little bit of that going on. Yeah. And I've played TPC like the Wednesday after the tournament, uh, TBC Boston, like the Wednesday after the tournament, so like some of the structures are still up, um, but it's still like the golf course. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. It, it it's it's always fun when there's a story there too. Yes. Yeah. Do you play a lot now that you're uh, in New York? No. Uh, so I'm part of a thing that's called uh, the Metropolitan Golf Writers Association. So it's basically just a bunch of old golf writers in New York, guys who used to write for like newspapers and magazines. Uh, and then there's like me and like two other guys in their late 20s slash early 30s. So um, but I signed up for that and they have like uh, an event like once a month uh, where we play like private courses, nice courses. Uh, and then the finale is Bethpage Black. That's how I got to play at Bethpage Black. Oh, nice. Um, and it's not expensive to join and you get to play yeah. nice courses so that's once a month so that's to me is like my time when i go golf because to get anywhere i'd have to rent a car or take a train for two hours and uh there's some courses like i think there's one in the bronx and one in queens that i could take a train to and it'd probably only be like an hour um but they're expensive uh they're not nice courses and apparently i read like they're like six hour long rounds so like do i really want to go do that by myself no yeah so yeah. i just do oh, this 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 metropolitan golf writer association they do it throughout the summer that's like six or seven events and those that's all i get to do play, play golf now so uh yeah golf playing golf has gone on the back burner until i move out to new york at some point 
Yeah, because I was gonna I was gonna say I know the last time you were on, which I think was last summer, right before ish, when we were um we were talking about trying to get together. And then I think, you know, all three of us had whirlwinds of summers for yes. various various different reasons. But um, you know, it, it was I think I I was looking at it like I kind of want to see if I can get down to New York and play, you know, this this year at least. Yes. Barring any more. Uh, crazy things we all gotta kind of run through. Which the other thing too, I I felt kind of bad. So I actually had my bachelor party in August in. Um, I was just gonna say Schenectady. Where the fuck did we go? Oh, Schenectady is where Schenectady. me and Nikos went to the fucking sports book. Where did where did we go? Saratoga. Saratoga. And I was gonna text you and be like, "Hey, you know, I don't know if you're around this weekend, but like we're gonna be in Saratoga." And it was the weekend that you were in Toronto, I think. Ah, uh, yes. Something, and I saw is Saratoga like, in New York. It's yeah. upstate. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing too is like I don't know how easy it is for you to get around. Yeah, I don't have a car. Um, but like, do zip cars exist up there? Zip, zip cars in New York are just cars you can rent for like a day. So if I go golfing, yeah. that's what I do. Okay. Um, I'm sure we yeah. have them. I just don't. We should. We should I, I've been. We, should, um, we, we like we could probably do it upstate New York. There's a ton of courses up there. We could probably meet up sometime this summer and do it. Yeah, and then because the, the other thing I was thinking too, I've I've recently started following uh, Barstool Foreplay. Yep. Um, and I've seen they played a lot on Long Island. Yeah, there's a ton of courses <laughs> Long Island too. That'd be a little yeah. bit further for you guys though. I so so that's we could the drive thing. To I don't know. And take a ferry. Yeah, we could drive to oh, Connecticut okay. and ferry over. So I don't know which one is quicker or not. But I think yeah. I think like if off um like somewhere on the like Western Massachusetts border is probably um about three hours ish. It's about three hours for us, which is whatever. Like because again, it's like to drive and then take the ferry is probably similar. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's probably about two hours to get to the ferry. And then I don't know, maybe a 45 minute ferry ride. Yeah, I'll say I don't know New York too well. So, you're like White Plains area, right? Yeah, I've had, I've gone to White Plains for work. It's not that bad. It's like three hours. I might actually be in New York um, in like the next month or so. There you go. I don't know why. Madison Ave. I don't know where that is. In New York City or upstate? Yeah, yeah. In in the city. Hit me up. Yeah, I'll let you know. Remember, I I don't know where Madison Ave is. I've I've literally been Sounds to New nice. York City once in my entire life. Um. <laughs> so I I don't know. You're in. Look it up right now. You're in the Bronx now. You said no. no I'm in. No. I'm in. I'm in Manhattan. I'm in. Okay. Uh, I'm. In a Hell's Kitchen is the area. Uh, okay, that's where we I stayed. Mean, the the one time I went to I went to New York, we stayed in Hell's Kitchen, just a little southwest of Central Park. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I'll let you know if I Sounds if good. I gotta go. We'll meet up. I'll be there. I'll, I, I might end up being there for you know a day or two, depending on how long work stuff takes. Could even go to a golf simulator. They have those five iron golfs all over the city. Oh wow! A fun time. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing. A, I'm actually. I am golf. I'm, that's how I'm golfing through the winters. I'm in a five iron golf league. One of that. One of those simulators that I do once a week. That's a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Bob has one of those literally attached to his gym. Well, it's he has one in his gym, and he also has one next door. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yep, those are fun. Yeah. 
yeah, they're a good time. Um, all right. Well, do you want to, uh, you want to start wrapping this up? Yeah. All right. Um, so I don't know if you remember or not, you know, when we get to the end, we do uh final thoughts here. So it could be something totally random, whatever you, whatever you got on the top of your head. If you need a minute, we can, uh, one of us can go. Yeah. You, you guys can... go. All right. <laughs> All right, Bob, what do you got? So I just want to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get professional for a second. Um, so when it comes to like golf fitness things, there's TPI is like the big, um, is like the bigger like certification and they have like, like, uh, like spinoff courses, like you can go like medical or power juniors, whatever. And the big thing like that, like my networking group is talking about right now is golf digest just came out with a certified fitness trainer thing. And I'm just like sitting here, like the last thing that like fitness needs is a big media company like that peddling a cert. Now I understand like golf digest doing a golf cert, like fine, but I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this is insane. And it's like some of the people in the group took it or like they're friendly with some of the instructors or some of the course people. I'm just like, they're like, oh yeah, it'll fill in like some of the gaps. And I'm like, that's code for telling me that like this thing is like kind of stupid, but like they're being respectful. <laughs> um, so I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I really like didn't know that like I was going to get that one today. So uh, yeah, Golf Digest is certifying uh, fitness instructors now. Interesting. Specifically for golf. Yeah, for golf. So like again, TPI, like Titles Performance Institute is the big one. They started it many years ago. I did their certification in 2015 and I did a a power, like like they it's like a level two thing. I did their power certification and it's good. Um, and I, I train multi-sport athletes anyway. So it's like I do have a strength and conditioning background. So I do like the blend that I have where it's like I don't just do golf and I'm not just influenced by TPI. I do right. train other people. And I've learned from other places as well. Um, But I did sit there and I'm like, I don't know if we need a, I don't know if we need golf digest doing it. And B, I don't know if we needed a nut. Like I don't like TPI being the one, but I don't know if golf digest is going to bring anything new to the table or nothing that different. No, but Golf Digest is probably just looking for different avenues for revenue at this point because oh yeah, I think they're hurting. Yeah, like you said, what is a media company gonna do to add to the fitness industry? Right, like, that's just. <laughs> and I actually almost ultimately think it's too big because if you really want to like certify people and really want to train them, then you want the people who are in the trenches doing these things. But where you're gonna have is people who don't train people anymore or all they do is write or all they do is model or all they do is like whatever. And it's like, they're going to tell you very generic, very easy, very simple. And I'm like the one sitting here being like, you know, what I really want is like something on like the high performance side. Like I understand like some of the mobility stuff, some of the, I got it. Stability. We've been talking about this at least for, I've known for at least, eight years now 
like let's get into like some of the actual stuff like driveline baseball would be the equivalent for um just a different sport where it's like they have a lot of data on force plates and velocity and like some of like the more technical stuff like some of like the finite things um that on the surface you wouldn't know about baseball but like hey, hey this is how it actually goes so that's just my uh professional personal rant i like it interesting uh so my final thought, uh, I'm going to go completely off the rails and say that I think, um, or off the beaten path, I should say, uh, I think cannolis are potentially the most overrated uh, dessert that there there is. Cannolis. Yep. I think cannolis, uh, potentially this could be a, a hot take brewing, but I think cannolis kind of suck. Um, so that's Amy's, inc- Amy's birthday <laughs> w- was last week. Um, and people at her work, like brought her like desserts and stuff, whatever. So she, she took them home. Um, and there were cannolis in there and I ate one and I was like, wow, I am ridiculously underwhelmed with this cannoli. Maybe it's just a I, bad cannoli though. Yeah, Why I think are you trashing you, I, all cannolis? I think you got a, I think you got a bad cannoli here. Keep, keep what's going. The, what's, keep not, going. what's not to love about a cannoli? It's keep going. So I think in the, in the realm of desserts, right? Like. I would much rather prefer something like a cheesecake or some kind of cookie or whatever. Like you're going to give me a, some kind of pastry shell with a ricotta cheese filling. That's like something that I don't know. It's, it's a little underwhelming. Like sometimes they put chocolate chips on it to like make it look cool or like they dip it in chocolate. And it's like, unless you have it, fresh the shell gets soggy and it gets gross like it's i don't know i i think i think they're over they're vastly overrated in when it comes to the dessert game so part part of your take i'm I'm gonna speak for you if i if i may (laughs) part of your take is that they don't stay so you have to have them in perfect conditions yes basically yeah okay that ain't the cannoli's fault that's not i mean it's now, if you get a piece of cheesecake, you can leave that in your fridge for like a week and you can eat it and it's still good. A piece of pie, pie yeah, is Not everything forever. has staying power, man. Yeah. Not, just, not every not everything can sit and stay. Like just ask Jordan Speed. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Wait till he wins the Masters this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought Rory was going to win the Masters this year. Well, him and Rom are going to win every event. Yeah, he's going to win it all. Uh, but but yeah no I mean I, like I said when it when it comes to the dessert stuff I just think you know if you give me a list of things to choose from cannoli's probably going to be the la- one of the lower ones on the list. See I think I would be more open to what you had to say if uh, good cannolis weren't as good as they are, and um, if like the standard like two layer yellow vanilla birthday cake existed because cake can be very good but like the just generic yellow cake with vanilla frosting like two layer yeah i got no time for that yeah that's pretty lame like your standard like grocery store vanilla cake yes that's just like pretty lame that's what i mean like if we're gonna underwhelm because uh, yeah so i'm not saying that cannoli is the absolute worst i like uh, you kind of let the, on that way i said it kind of sucks 
but that doesn't mean it's bottom of the barrel. It might be like seventh out of 10. I think I heard most underrated was a phrase (laughs) that may have been used here. Here's my take on your take. I think you just don't like cannolis, which is fine, but I don't think you can call cannolis overrated. Because they are delicious and the majority of people like them. Maybe they aren't your thing. That's okay. Yeah, maybe they're not my thing. But they are not overrated. (laughs) <laughs> they are properly rated what, what would you are. okay all right well so how would you rate them i think i don't think does anyone say that a cannoli is their favorite dessert i don't oh, think I anyone sure. says it's their people I you sure think people not. say it's their favorite dessert i, I sure hope, hope i hope not no <laughs> say but it's a, it's a fine it's a good dessert which yeah. is exactly what it is i had a couple cannolis in october i was you know i was like i enjoyed this right I have no desire to get another one. Which I'm is, not. I think, how people rate cannolis, and I think that's the proper rate. It's underwhelming. Well, maybe I just you, just think say, the maybe one you asked had. maybe you asked too much of the cannoli. Maybe that's on you. <laughs> I gotta lower my standards. Right. Yeah, you're asking you, well, to be fair, you are asking cannoli to be a cheesecake, and that is just not a fair fight. Yeah. I, is I think cheesecake I the best cheesecake? No. Not even not even close. I'm not a big Whoa. cheesecake guy. Whoa. Maybe you've never had a good cheesecake. I've had plenty of cheesecake. <laughs> you want to talk about an overrated dessert, cheesecake. That's a hot take. That's scorching hot. I mean, I've had shitty cheesecake, so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess basically anything that you get from a grocery store, because I was going to say grocery store cheesecake. Yeah, they, we're not comparing. Yeah, like, yeah, we're not comparing <laughs> the same here, like because. If you can buy it at Stop and Shop and you get it from Stop and Shop, it's probably not that good unless it's a pistachio muffin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you go to like a legitimate bakery, whatever you're gonna, whatever you get's gonna be nails. Except for now, this is now this is a niche dessert. Except for like a struffoli. Have you ever had a struffoli? I don't think I have. Okay, no. that is like a. Uh, they're like very, very airy dough balls. Ooh. And they're very like thin layered. So it's like, it's almost like eating air. And they're covered in honey, just honey. So they're like super sticky. And then they just throw like rainbow sprinkles on top. It's like an Italian thing. They're pretty, very, just not good. Because <laughs> it looks like it should be like good. Because it's like, it almost looks like a monkey bread. And yeah. then you get it, and all that remains is disappointment. Interesting. But that but that's, but that's a, that's a specialized dessert. Like, right. that's yeah. Italians on holiday, like, like panettone. Like, we're not talking panettone here. <laughs> I will say, though, it, when it comes to food, uh, I think we collectively live in the best place in the country, the best places in the country for food. I think New York City and Boston are superiorly above and beyond everywhere else. Yeah. In outside of like the specialized things, right? Like obviously like if you want Texas barbecue, like go to Houston or, you know, go to, yeah, but you can get barbecue in other parts of the country and it might be better. Like Kansas city, St. Louis, like, right, right, right. But yeah. So credit, credit, credit to us for East coast food. Yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, Ian, you've you had some time to come up with a final thought. 
yeah, my final thought uh, is a sport that we haven't talked about uh, yet. Um, my final thought is that the Boston Bruins are frauds and they aren't nearly as good as their record. And they're like the <laughs> really like the fourth or fifth best team in the East and certainly not the best team in the NHL. <laughs> so when the time comes, because obviously I know everyone's first bet today was probably take Stanley Cup odds five to one, something like that. When the time comes, whenever they do get out of the first round and enter the second round, I will be betting them to lose in six games exactly. Yep. Yeah, being a Bruins fan uh, for my entire life, uh, that has been the norm. They they have a great team. You know who they might be playing in the second round? Is it still Tampa? Well, oh, the, win- it, no, the, win- the winner, the, Leafs, the winner of Tampa it? and the Leafs. So yes, probably Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's what happens without a doubt every year. 2011 was a fluke. Um, I mean, obviously we made it in in 13 and was it 17 or 18? Um, it was 13 and then, um, 19 when 19. they lost to the blues yeah. at home, game seven. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, it's what they do. It's what they're really good at that. I mean, you know, we're the three of us get to be fans of some, uh, some amazing heartbreak hockey teams. <laughs> I feel no sympathy for nothing. Fans. <laughs> nothing, yeah. not, not a, not a lick of sympathy. <laughs> nothing compares. I'm like, actually. I like cringe a little bit when you said that, but I mean, I I do. Um, I I am interested though in the the Bruins of frauds take. Um, and I might be betting against them a little bit because they've what they've lost what three in a row, three in a row. And they're playing the Leafs tonight, right? No, tomorrow, tomorrow night, tomorrow. tomorrow yeah, because it's it's almost like a uh, you know regress to the mean type of thing. Like when I was. It do hitting at 62% in the, the pick'em pool this year. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to keep that up. Like that's it's unsustainable. So it's almost like, oh, okay, you know, when they went, were they like 36, 4, and 2 or something, whatever the hell they were? Like, you know, well, that's listen, unsustainable. You guys, you guys know I'm a big stats guy. Right. So just bringing up some stats, just looking over the last 25 games, they're 18th in the NHL in Corsi percentage. Now, does anyone know what Corsi percentage really means? No, but doesn't matter. No, it's advanced <laughs> analytic that is important. 20, what did I say? 28th or something in the NHL over the last 25 games? Uh, expected goals for percentage. So looking at expected goals for and expected goals against their one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the NF- NHL over their last 20, 25 games. They're a very good team, and what's carrying them is, is their goaltender because Linus Olmark is probably going to win the Vezin Trophy. They do, they stop, they stop the puck very well. And they're also a very good shooting team. And that makes up for a lot of underlying advanced analytics where they're good, but not great. Um, Are they a good team? Yes. Are they a playoff team? Yes. Are they even a Stanley cup contender? Yes. Are they the best team in the NHL by wide margin? Not even close. The Carolina hurricanes are the best team in the NHL. Right. So what, um, what stats do you use when you, when you break down hockey? Like what are your preferred course percentage is one. Now what course percentage actually is it's it measures every single type of shot and then compares it to the types of shots again. So it counts block shots, it counts missed shots. uh, And it's supposed to be a way that you calculate possession. Um, So Corsi is a big one. And the other one is expected goals and expected goals for and expected goals against. Um, And then high danger scoring chances for high danger scoring chances against. And then you have to look at the simple ones 
shooting percentage and save percentage. Now, what I've been doing this year in the NHL, uh, which has helped me a lot, uh, and I've had a very good NHL season, um, is I've actually cut the sample size to only looking at the last 10 games. So putting a lot more stock into recent form as opposed to season-long performance. And that has helped me out. Now, maybe that's just, maybe those two things aren't, correlated maybe maybe i just happen to be hot and it just happens i'm looking at the last 10 games but it's worked for me for a little over a month so i'm going to stick to it and see what happens um tonight as of we're recording this i bet the under in all three games and it looks like it might go oh and three so uh, a little bit of a tough night tonight (laughs) four one three two three two at the end of the second so they're all like one goal away from losing uh but yeah i've had a solid nhl season it's largely due or at least i think it is to measuring uh, over the last 10 games, recent form, as opposed to season long numbers. Cause in the past, I always thought I'd want to look at the biggest sample size possible, which was the full season. Um, but maybe teams just play uh, maybe momentum uh, in recent form has a lot more to do with it than just looking at the biggest sample size possible. So that's kind of how I adjusted my NHL betting a little bit this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause it's, I was just curious because I know I've I've dabbled with looking into you know the NHL stuff before with with my new job now I, I say this before but I, I have a lot less free time than my last job um, I used to spend two hours every morning uh, looking at baseball games yes. and that one season so that was the summer of 2021 and I. I don't remember my exact record, but I think I ended the season like plus 27 units or something Mm. like that. Yeah. I think Um, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. 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 It was, and I just, I just don't have that, that same amount of time to do stuff like that anymore. But um, yeah, I was, I was just curious as to like what you, what you look at as important. um, You know, when it comes to hockey and the last 10 games is interesting too, because clearly it's worked (laughs) so far. Yeah. Yeah. So far. Well, it's yeah. gotta be something where I don't know what the threshold is, but you know, what the, what these teams were doing in October, how relevant is it? Right. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy between the sports when you look at them between like how the NHL, you know, like you said, what they, what they do in October doesn't really matter anymore, but then a sport like the NFL, which, you know, we're kind of well, wrapping up. It's like, I know the obvious difference is you play one game a week versus, you know, two to four games a week, but you know, it's, it's almost like the opposite happens. Like people underemphasize in, um, in football and kind of overemphasize in hockey or vice versa. I don't know. I'm too dumb to know which one is which. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how. I also think in football game plan, it plays such a big role, which makes football kind of tough because you don't know what game plan these guys are coming up with. Because with a week in between each game, they're watching film, they're coming up with a very specific strategy for each team. They're going to do different formations, different packages. Uh, In sports like hockey and basketball, you don't have time to implement a week's worth of game plan in one game because you're playing sometimes in a back to back, you know, multiple times a week. So I think that's another thing that makes football a little bit more difficult. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ian, uh, for coming on. Why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, best place to find me uh, on Twitter at Ian MacBets, I A I N MacBets, uh, and check out the Bacon Bets podcast as well. Um, 
I think I'm going to start doing that in the mornings after the Super Bowl. So keep an eye out for that. Nice. You're going to uh, switch into, I know you were doing golf last year on, on bacon bets. So you're going to do NHL too, or. I think I'm going to do golf. Yes, but I think I'm going to do, I'm going to think I'm going to start waking up early doing my golf bets and then having that out and available for people to listen to when they wake up and get ready for work and on their way to work. So it's going to mean I'm going to have to wake up early, uh, which is not something I like doing, but that's the plan. We'll see how that goes. It might last a week. (laughs) (laughs) Give it the old college try. Yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, for uh, everyone else, obviously you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod. Uh, We're on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook page, Sarcasm Speaks, website, sarcasmspeaks.com. You know how to get us, go to the merch store, buy some of our merch. Uh, And until next time, good night, everybody.